Welcome to the most impactful place on the planet, Tabernacle Baptist Church. This is Reverend Dr. Charles E. Goodman Jr. People call me PG, and I'm so honored to lead this amazing ministry that is really trying hard to glorify God. Listen, thank you for tuning in. Matter of fact, go to our website, tbcaugusta.org. You can find out about all the wonderful things that we're trying to accomplish for the kingdom of God at our church. Matter of fact, you can also give through Secure Give, Giveify. We pray that you will partner with us as we once again do all that God calls us to be. Well, let's get into that word and that experience. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. God bless you. God bless you. You may be seated. Certainly, I honor God uh, tonight for my being here, and I thank and I praise God tonight for each of you, my Heavenly Father's children. What a joy it is to be here tonight uh, in the land of the dying, uh, on our way to the land of the living. I hope and I pray that somewhere along the line you stop to tell the Lord to thank you, for it is he who has brought us and not we ourselves. I want to get into the Word of God uh, in a minute, but I want to, again, take this opportunity to thank God so much for this gracious opportunity uh, that your pastor, my friend, has extended me to come once again uh, to share my convictions about Christ with you. Uh, he knows preachers and pastors across the length and the breadth of this community, this county, and even country, and he thought it not robbery, amen, to bring me yet again. Um, to uh, Augusta, and I want him to know how appreciative I am. One more time, let's celebrate your pastor. To the other ministers, sons and daughters of this house, the officers of this phenomenal um, church, these um, amazing ushers, this incredible music ministry, these musicians and singers, Brother Trey, all of you. Can we give God praise for all of our servants, our leaders? Come on, somebody, give God praise. Our media, our sound, Come on, gatekeepers, all my bearers. Come on, parking attendants, everybody. Amen. It is such an incredible spirit of excellence. I know you know this already, but it's an incredible spirit of excellence uh, in, this, in this house, in this ministry. Pastors and uh, church leaders all over the country have marveled um, what the Lord is doing in this branch of, of Zion. Um, these 12 years have been an amazing 12 years. Amen, somebody. I wish you'd celebrate that. Is my mic on? These 12 years have been amazing. Come on, we ought to celebrate. We ought to celebrate that. Amen. I, 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 I can't keep up with you, Pastor. Every time, every time I add a service, he had another service. I told him he can... He can, he can have it, amen. We went to three services, and, and then um, he went to four services, and we went to four services, and now he's at five services, and we have two locations, and he's talking about the third location. I said, listen, I'm much, much, much older. I cannot, I can't keep, I'm tired. You win, you win. But I, but I say this, and I'm going to get into the Word of God, that in this coming celebration, this tenure between pastor and people, I would that you would do all that you can um, to share with your pastor to let him know how, how much you appreciate him. He's the person uh, that prays for you, that labors in front of the Lord for you. I know the caliber of word you'll get. He's one of my favorite preachers, and he's so prepared every time he stands behind the pulpit, and he's always pouring out. Hey, man, this ought to be the best. Thing. Come on, this ought to be the best. I'm serious. He didn't tell me to say it. This ought to be the best. Amen. Amen. 
and the um, the committee, whatever y'all are doing, please let me know. I want to join in. Whatever y'all do, send me a notification. Whatever I want to do, the table, the book, the bank, whatever y'all gonna do, include me in it. I want to help you celebrate your man of God. Amen. Can you stand one more time? Take your neighbor by the hand. Trust me. Let's get right into the Word of God. I feel like preaching already. Take someone by the hand. Take your neighbor by the hand. Take your hand, neighbor, by the hand. Let's pray. God, our Father, how thankful we are tonight. We praise your name. We give it all the glory and the honor. And God, we pause now to pray for the hand uh, that we're holding now. I gently squeeze this, the hand of my sister, my brother now. I squeeze it one more time as confirmation that the worst is behind them and that the best is yet to come. Squeeze it one more time. We squeeze it a third time as confirmation that their ladder shall be greater. <clears throat> now, God, I pray that you get glory in this house. Do something amazing tonight. Uh, despite my, my flaws, my fatigue, my frailty, let your favor fall fresh on us tonight. God, we need a word in this house. I pray that you would hide me behind the cross so much so that your people would see and hear none of me but all of thee, do it for us tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As you're standing, as you're standing, get your Bible. Get your Bible in your hand. Get your phone out. Get what you have. Get, get your word. Get your word. Get access to your word. There's a text I want to share tonight. It's, a, it's an old, uh, familiar text. But I believe that we can get fresh water from an old well. And um, go with me to uh, 2 Kings um, chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4, um, Deke. Uh, the text is found in the first seven verses. It's 2 Kings uh, chapter 4. Um, the, the text extends uh, through verse 1 to verse 7. And I just want to read the first two verses um, one more time. Um, the book is 2 Kings, the chapter is 4. The extent of the narrative is 1 through 7. But I want to read, Deke, just these two verses. And this is how my Bible reads in the New King James translation of the Bible. These two verses, it says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. But now the creditors... They're coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Verse 2, so Elijah turns to her and says, What shall I do for you? Tell me what you got in your house. And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Stop there. I, I want to preach tonight needing your prayers and God's power. From this thought, you have enough for God to use. Can you help me preach? Turn to somebody, look him or her in the eye and say, neighbor, you have enough for God to use. Oh, that's the wrong neighbor. Find somebody else and say, neighbor, whatever you have, it's enough for God to use. Amen. You may be seated in the very presence of the Lord. You have enough. You have enough. You have enough for God to use. Ushers, you may be seated in the very presence of the Lord. This evening, my brothers and my sisters, our sermonic spotlight tonight, it shines on 
a certain individual that I believe that most of us, if not all of us in the building tonight, can readily relate to. For the woman in our text tonight, we can relate to her because she, like many of us, is at the point of giving up. Most of us can, can relate to this woman tonight because at some point in our lives, I believe that all of us probably have felt like throwing in the towel. That this woman, this woman, she's at the point, she's reached her breaking point. And what has pushed her to the breaking point when you read this narrative is that she has been operating on empty. She is, she's, she's been driven to a point of deficiency. And I want to suggest tonight before I go any further that um, sustained deficiency is a dangerous place to be. I say that for three reasons. Number one, if you're taking notes, deficiency, it, it limits your options. Deficiency can lower your expectations. And if you're not careful, deficiency can last for generations. Amen. I'll say it one more time. What makes deficiency so dangerous is that it limits, it lowers, and it can last. It, 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 it limits your options when you are operating on empty. It, it, it limits what you can do and where you can go. It, it limits you. you. You have a desire to do more, but you can't do more simply because you're in deficiency. It, it limits you. You want to go, but you can't go. You want to do, but you can't do. You want to have, but you can't have. You want to sow, but you can't sow. You have a desire to do more, but you can't do more because of deficiency. It, it, it limits your options. But secondly, what makes deficiency so dangerous is that it also lowers your expectations. Sometimes when you don't have much, you don't desire to have more. I, I, I know people that have been dealing with deficiency so long that they stop thinking that things could get better. They create what's called a new norm, that they're down so long, they feel that being down is normal, that they are struggling so much that they feel that struggle is their destiny. Deficiency, it, it limits your options. Deficiency, it lowers expectations. But then deficiency can last for generations that, that you'll be deficient. And before you know it, your child will be dealing with deficiency. I, I know people who are third generation of persons who've been dealing with deficiency. Grandmama was deficient. Mama was operating in deficiency. If you're not careful, your grandchildren will be operating in deficiency. Th this woman, she's at the point of, of breaking, of, of, of giving up, throwing in the towel because she's dealing in deficiency. And what has driven her, if I can take my time tonight, what has driven her to a point of deficiency in the text, three things. Number one, her husband is dead. Her holdings are depleted, and her household is on the verge of being divided. The Bible says that this woman is a widow. Being a widow, it means that her, her husband is, is dead in this misogynistic culture that this woman was living in. It was a culture where a woman's currency was tied to her covering. And when her covering died, her currency died with the covering. Y'all ain't talking to me tonight. That this woman, this woman, she, she's dealing with deficiency because 
her husband died. And when her husband died, her holdings automatically were depleted because, watch this one more time, her currency was tied to her covering. And, and the day her husband died, that was the day her holdings started to become depleted. Because her husband is dead and her holdings are depleted, now the creditors are coming and the creditors are threatening to take her boys. Can I teach tonight? Her household is on the verge of being divided. Levitical law, in fact, Leviticus chapter 25, verse 39 suggests that whenever someone died owing credit or owing their creditors, that the creditors had a right to come and to take the children. Can I teach tonight? as bond servants. The Bible says in Leviticus 25, verse 39, that the creditor had a right to keep those children as bond servants until the debt was paid or the year of Jubilee. <laughs> the problem was the year of Jubilee came every 50 years, meaning that if this woman lost her sons, chances are she would never see them again. I wish you can see what this woman is. She's desperate. She's desperate because she's been dealing with deficiency. She's deficient because her husband is dead. Her holdings are depleted. Her household is on the verge of being divided. Yet she comes to Elisha in the text. And the Bible says in verse 1, if your Bibles are still open, that she cries to Elisha because she needs some help. And what Elijah's assignment is in the text is what my assignment is tonight. He reminds this woman that even though you have a little bit, you still have enough for God to use. <laughs> Come here, let me talk to somebody tonight because there's somebody, uh, you walked in the building tonight and, and maybe uh, you see yourself in, in, in the text. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe your back uh, is against the wall. Maybe you've been robbing Peter to pay um, Paul. Maybe you're struggling, climbing up the proverbial rough side of, of the mountain. Maybe you're in a situation that you don't see yourself getting out of. But the Lord has sent me from Miami to, 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 uh, to, to Augusta to tell you that whatever you have, it's enough for God to use. God can take the little bit of faith you got. God can take the little bit of hope you got. God can take the little bit of money you got. And somebody know that little becomes much when you put it in the master church. Somebody need to know that God doesn't take a whole lot. God in fact can take nothing from nothing and still make something out of it because you need to know that the God you serve is a creator and because God is a creator God doesn't need nothing to make nothing God can take nothing and make something tell your neighbor you got enough now, I, I, I want to help you I, I, I want to help you because the devil wants you to think that you ain't got enough the adversary wants you to think that you need to lower your standards. You need to compromise. You need to, amen, go from pillar to post. The devil trying to make you think that you need somebody other than what God ordained you to be with. God, he wants you to think that you need something other than what God ordained you to have. But I can't even tell you the devil is a liar. If all you have is what you have, it's enough for God to use. Help me, somebody. You got enough. Tell three people you got enough. 
I, I want to unpack this text tonight because th th this woman, th this woman comes to Elijah and, and Dr. Goodman, she feels that she doesn't, she doesn't have enough. But when you examine the text, I discovered she had more than enough. In fact, I want to suggest tonight that if all you have are the three things that this woman has in the text, you have more than enough. The first thing, write this down, the first thing that this woman has, watch this, the woman, she is connected to obedience. She has the connection to obedience. Repeat that with me. Say the connection to obedience. Watch this. She comes to Elijah. I'm in verse 1. She comes to Elijah and she says, Elijah, you need to know that your servant, my husband, is, is dead. And you know, watch this, that your servant feared the Lord. Watch the text. She comes to Elijah and she says, Elijah, you, you need to know that your servant, who happened to be my husband, he, he loved the Lord. Are y'all hearing me? Please, please note what she does. She does. She does. She, she, she recites the track record of faithfulness of, of, of her husband. When you examine this text, it's very clear that the text is silent as to what her relationship with God was. I'm not suggesting that the woman didn't have one. I'm suggesting that when you examine the text, the text is silent as, as it relates to her relationship with God. But what's clear in the text was uh, she knew somebody that knew God. Okay, you missed it. Uh, okay, I, I'll, I'll try this side. When, when you look at, uh, at the text, uh, the Bible is silent as it relates um, to her relationship with God. But what she does is uh, she reminds Elisha of her husband's faithfulness. And watch this. The joy of the text is this, that the faithfulness of her husband is getting ready to provide favor for her household because she was connected to somebody that was connected to God. Listen, listen, I don't know what your relationship with God is, but oh, if you know somebody that know the Lord, God can bless you based on the connection you have with somebody. I got the wrong crowd. There's somebody in this house right now. You don't know how blessed you are because you had a praying mama. You don't know how blessed you were because you got a praying father. You don't know how blessed you are because you know somebody that had a relationship with God and God will bless you based on who you know that's connected to him. Um, 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 watch the text. Uh, she, she comes, Trey, she comes um, to Elisha and she's reciting the relationship, watch this, that her husband had with God. She says, um, your servant, my husband, he feared God. He, he, had a, he had a connection um, to God. And because I'm connected to somebody that's connected to God, the faithfulness of him ought to provide favor for me. Somebody owe God a crazy praise right there. Because when you look back over your life, many of the blessings that we have received has come as a result of the people that we were connected. It's called the holy hookup. God, don't sit there like you've been, you got it on your own. God has hooked you up. Why? Because you knew somebody that knew God. Oh, okay. Um, I, I knew that some of y'all were going to look at me like that. And so I, I brought a witness with me. I talked to this brother before I got here. His name is Mephibosheth. 
Uh, some of y'all may know uh, Mephibosheth. I, I, I talked to Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth before I got here. He says, Pastor Jackson, remind them of my story. He said, I, I was living in a place called Lodabah. Uh, it was a pastureless place. It was a place of no communication. It was a forgotten place. But one day, King David came looking for me. And the king came looking for me, not because I knew the king, but my daddy knew the king. And because Jonathan, my daddy, had a relationship with David, after my daddy died, I got my daddy's favor. The king came looking for me because I knew somebody that was connected to the king. Am I talking to somebody here that can look over your life and give God a crazy praise because you are connected to somebody that know the king? Tell your neighbor, neighbor, if you got a connection, you got enough. Come on, say, neighbor, if you got a connection, come on, you, you, you got enough. If you know anybody that know how to pray, if you know anybody that know how to fast, if you know anybody that know how to lay prostrate on their face, if you know anybody that know how to give away a, a prayer to God, if you know anybody that know Jesus, you've got enough. Can, can, can I walk the text? First thing that this woman has, she has a connection to obedience. Somebody shout a connection to obedience. That's why it's so important as parents that we are obedient to God. Not just for us, but for our children. I got the wrong cry. Our children's children, it, it's important that I stay faithful to God because my daughter Jaden might need my connection. It's, it's, an, it's important that I live what I talk about. It's important that I walk the walk and I talk the talk because I got a little girl that may need a hookup on my connection. It's important that I stay faithful to the word of God because I got a baby that might need a hookup on her daddy's faithfulness. But, but not only did this woman have a connection to obedience to her husband. This woman secondly had a, watch this, a container of oil in the house. Somebody say a container of oil. Please, please don't, 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 don't miss that. The woman, number one, she had a connection to obedience. She, she knew somebody that knew God. But then Elijah says to the woman, so, so tell me, what can I do for you? What, tell me, what do you have in your house. I'm in verse 2 now. And the woman said these words. She says, um, all your maidservant has is nothing but... I wish y'all would read the Bible. Uh, um, um. She, she says, Elijah said, well, what, well what, what can I do for you? I'm in verse 2. Um, what, what do you have in your house? She said, all I have is nothing but. All I have in the house is nothing but. Some oil. She, she, she discounts the value of the oil. She, she has oil. 
But she said, all I got is nothing but some oil. And the reason why, don't miss it, she discounts the oil, number one, is because she's looking at, watch this, the portion of oil that she has. Someone shout the portion. She, she, she's, she, she, she's looking at the amount of oil that she has. The container is, is a flask. It's just, it's just a country word coming, a T90 bit of, of, of oil. I, I know y'all city folk don't know some of these, but it's a, it's a T90. Dr. Goodman, he never used that word, I mean, but it, it's a T90 bit, a bit of, of oil. She, she, she's looking at, at the portion. She, she, she's looking at the oil, and, she, and she's saying, I, I got some oil, but, but, but the amount of oil that I have, it, it, it's, not, it, it's not enough. It's, it's not enough for me to sell. It's not enough for me to live on. I, I got some oil, but, but the oil, the portion of the oil I have is not enough. And so when Elisha asks her what does she have, she says nothing but some oil because she's looking at the, at the portion. Somebody shout the portion. But not only is she looking at the portion of oil she has, she's looking at the purpose. Somebody shout the purpose. You see, the oil that she has, it is believed that it is the oil that belonged to her husband. Her husband was a prophet. Her husband, are y'all with me today? Her husband was the pastor. Her husband was a preacher. This was not cooking oil or, or this was not oil for the lamp. This is anointing oil. And so she said, I, I got some oil, but I'm looking at the amount of the oil, but then I'm looking at what the purpose of the oil is used for. Watch this. The portion is not enough, but even if I had more of it, I couldn't use it because watch this, the purpose of the oil is not, watch this, cooking oil, it's holy oil, it's, it's anointing oil. And so because she was looking at the purpose of the oil and because she was looking at the portion of the oil, she says, all I got is nothing but some oil. But I want to suggest instead of her looking at the portion of the oil and the purpose of the oil, she should have looked at the power of the oil because the oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. And if you got some oil on you and with you, baby, you got more than enough because it is not your gift that opens the door. It's the anointing that's on your life. It's not your talent. It's the anointing on your life. I need somebody in this house to go crazy for God because you know if you got some anointing, the anointing makes the difference. It's the anointing when you open up your mouth. It's the anointing when you show up. It's the anointing when you talk. It's the anointing when you sing. It's the anointing when you preach. It's the anointing. Somebody give God praise because of the anointing. Watch the text. The reason why this woman had more than enough, because every time you look through scripture, you'll discover that anything that the anointing was on became different. The only reason why David was able to dodge javelins, to kill giants, and to survive Saul's anger and hatred, it was because he says, the Lord anointed my head with oil. I need to talk to somebody in this house tonight. You may not have a whole bunch of money, but baby, you are anointed. You may not have a big house, but you got an anointing on your life. You may not drive a fancy car, but if you got an anointing on your life, you ought to pop up right now and give God a crazy praise because if all you have is an anointing, the anointing will get you the job. The anointing will get you the position. The anointing will open doors that no man can close and can close doors that no man can open. Somebody said, I got 
I don't know who the Lord has told me to talk to tonight. It ain't about your talent. Help me, somebody. There, there are people that's more talented than you. Ain't about your prowess. Ain't about your intellect. Ain't about the degrees behind your name. Come on, talk to me, somebody. It's the anointing on your life. That's why Tabernacle going to another level. It's the anointing that's on your life. And if you got some anointing on your life, open up your mouth and give God a crazy praise. Why? I got the oil on my life. Pastor won't know. I'm trying, baby. She got some oil. Tell somebody, neighbor, I got some oil. Next time somebody tries to make you feel undervalued, tell them I may not have a weave all down my back, but I got some oil on me. I got the wrong house. I, I, I may not have six figures, but I got some oil. Come on, help me. Son. I, I got oil that's on my life. L -l Let me hurry. This woman had more than enough. Because the first thing that the woman had, she had the obedience. She was connected to obedience. It, it, it was her connection of obedience to her husband. She had a container of oil in the house. But, but, but then she had something else that oftentimes is overlooked when you look at this text. She, she had something else. She, she had a community of others willing to help. Somebody shout, a community of others. Please, please know, I'm almost done. Please know what, what Elijah says. Elijah turns to this woman and he says to her, uh, verse 3, he says, um, go, go, go borrow vessels from your neighbors and, and, and make sure that the vessels that you borrow are empty. Please, please note, please, please note, please note, read the text that Elijah says to her, go, go borrow empty vessels. I'll try it one more time. Elijah says to this woman, listen, I need for you to leave your house and, and go to your neighbors and borrow empty vessels. Now, 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 now th this is where there's some tension in the text. Because to me, if the Lord is going to send me to somebody, don't, don't send me to somebody that's going to keep me operating on empty. I, I mean, I mean, I, I mean. I mean, Lord, can I teach tonight, if, Lord, if you're going to send me to somebody, deep, I see you shaking your head, you like me, if you're going to send me to somebody, don't send me to somebody broke, I, I mean, I, send me to somebody like Charles Goodman, send, send me to somebody that, that can put something in my vessel, don't, don't send me to say, I got the wrong crowd, y'all playing, I'm serious, Lord, send, send, me to, send me to Augusta, help me somebody, don't, don't send me, don't, don't send me to somebody that, that can't help me, but please note what, what the Lord is trying to do, the Lord, watch the text, uh, he's trying to expand her to a deeper faith, somebody shout expand 
her to a deeper faith. He, he's trying to expand her to a deeper faith. I, I want you, watch this, to go borrow these empty vessels from your neighbor because I don't want your neighbor to take the credit for what I'm getting ready um, to do in, in, in your, your, your life because some people, uh, they, they, they want to always throw it back up in your face. I got Some people want to remind you that if it wasn't for them, uh, you wouldn't be where you are. I know that I don't have that in here, where I, but where I'm from, uh, you got Negroes that will try to remind you, uh, that th throw what they've done for you back up in your face. They they'll remind you, I, I paid your bill. I, I, I helped you get on your feet. I, I put gas in your car. I bought groceries. Help me, somebody. But, but every now and then, God will free you from the dependency of others by letting you know you don't need who you think you need. Can you slap fire when somebody's in there, but you don't need everybody? So, Sometimes God will send you the people because he wants you just to get the bare minimum from them because he's trying to get you to expand your faith. But not only was the Lord trying to get her to expand to a deeper faith, he wanted her to experience a divine feeling. Note what the text, the text says, when you get these empty vessels, I get all these vessels and come back to your house. Close the door behind you and your son and take the oil out your little cruise and start pouring in the vessels and when the vessels are full go sell the oil and live on the rest. I, I, I know, I, I know, I'm almost done. I know uh, that this uh, this instruction sound kind of strange, but that's what this woman did. This woman, she goes uh, to her neighbor. She had to be vulnerable. She had to get people involved in her business. She had to go door to door and borrowing these empty vessels. Uh, she had to get other people involved because the Lord wanted her to know you have a community of other people that will help you if you let them know that you got to have some help. You see, here's a point right there. Somebody in the building, you will never get the help that God wants you to have because your pride is so high you try to act like you don't need no help. I got the wrong crowd. You have a community of others. You have a church family. You have the singles ministry, the couples ministry, the children's ministry. You have a community of people in this church called Tabernacle who would help you if you came off your high horse and admitted that you have to have some help. This woman had to go to her neighbors and borrow these empty vessels. And the Bible says she comes back to her house. Here's the miracle. She closed the door behind her because everybody can't handle what God is getting ready to do in your life. She closed the door behind her because some people can't stand the process that God is going to use to bless you. She closes the door behind her. She gets her boys beside her. She says, son, bring me an empty vessel. The boy brought her an empty vessel. She takes the oil from her jar, pours the oil from her jar into one vessel. When that vessel was full, she asked her son, boy, bring me another vessel. He repeats the process. He brings her another vessel. She takes the oil out of her jar, pours the oil in that vessel, and that vessel became full. Boy, bring me another vessel. She takes the oil from her jar, pours the oil from the jar into the vessel, and the vessel became full. Boy, bring me another vessel. She repeats the process. Y'all ain't got it yet. She repeats the process. She keeps pouring oil from her vessel, from her jar, into the 
the vessel after another and another and another and another and another and and another and and another and and another. Somebody say, Pastor Jackson, where did the oil come from? God jumped in the oil. I'm talking to somebody tonight that know if you trust God, if you take God at his word, some kind of way, God will get in your situation. God will get in your finances. God will get in your bills. God will get in your marriage. God will get in your circumstances. I don't know who I'm talking to, but turn to your neighbor, look him or her in the face, and tell him, neighbor, God will. He'll step in when you need him the most. And the Bible says that the woman kept on pouring the oil out of her jar into the vessel until the boy said, Mama, we ain't got no more vessels, but we still have oil. And the Bible says that the woman goes back to Elijah. And Elijah said, Sell the oil, pay your bills, and live on the rest. I don't know who I'm talking to, but turn to somebody that's sitting beside you and tell a neighbor, if you trust God, God will, he'll let you live on the rest. That's the wrong neighbor. Find somebody else and tell a neighbor, if you trust God, God will, he will make what you have. I never, good evening, y'all. I got to get out of here, but I don't know who I'm talking to. Somebody walked in the building, and all you have is just a little bit, just a little bit of money, a little bit of faith. If all you have is a little bit, run to the altar. I got a word to speak over your life. If all you have is just a little bit, come to the altar because the Lord sent me here to talk to you. If you give what you have to the Lord, give him your child, give him your money, give him your faith, give him your food, give him your marriage, give him your husband, give him your wife, give him what you have. I'm a witness. God will. He'll stretch it. God will. He'll multiply it. Won't he do it? Do I have somebody in this house that can lift up your voice and testify why you're shouting? I'm a witness that God can do exceedingly and abundantly Yeah! 
Every hand lifted. 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 I know all you have is just a little. But little becomes much when you put it in the master's touch. Father God, in your name, I pray for this house. I pray for this altar. I pray. We're giving you our little bit. All we have is a little. We don't have enough. But oh God, we give it to you. Stretch it, God. Stretch it, God. Stretch it. Increase. 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 Open up your mouth. Increase. Increase us tonight. Increase our finances. Increase the anointing on our life. Increase my faith. Increase my stewardship. Increase my wisdom. Increase my knowledge. Increase my family. In the name of Jesus. Oh God, I'm not going to wait until you do it. I'm going to praise you now. I take these same hands and I put them together and I give you the glory. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the most impactful place on the planet, Tabernacle Baptist Church. Don't forget, go by website, tbcaugusta.org, there to see all that we got going on. And also, I thank you in advance for your benevolence and your gift that helps us promote the kingdom of God. Listen, I want to see you come back. Check us out later. Love you much. Take care. Peace.